0: Welcome to The Kitchen Table, a podcast about where business is done. So pull up a chair and join your host, Ken Baden. All right, welcome back to another episode of The Kitchen Table podcast. We are here in the old studio because we couldn't figure out how to make the new studio work without my video production guy who is in Jamaica. So thank you so much, Roger. But I got my good friend, Keith Goss, in the house the blue-collar advisor with the blue-collar closer, So it's going to be an awesome show. Keith, what's up, brother? What's my man? How are you? Good now that we got this working, man. Keith was very patient. He's a man after my own heart. I'm sure he (laughs) probably would be uh, in just as bad of a boat. Maybe, maybe not if he didn't have his uh, intellectual help when it comes to these types of things. I can barely work my phone, dude. So let alone trying to like work the cameras and all the stuff in the new studio. I'm like, yeah, we're going to the old one.
1: Visionary integrator, bro. I just have a vision and how it works, who knows? I need someone to plug me in there. So I, I hear you, dude. Same shit. I get my ass kicked on this stuff all the time, like I told you.
0: It is what it is. Visionary integrator, as he's talking about, referencing EOS, which we brought up many times on this show. And if you don't know what that is, I encourage you to read the book Traction and then the book Rocket Fuel, and it'll explain a whole lot more. But it's a great integration into your business. Both of us, I'm assuming have uh, yeah. have added that as a, a huge piece i know it has been for me so keith yeah you are the blue shit. collar advisor we've used your services um i mean you've come on the blue collar ball or facebook group totally just to, to do a free live stream i mean you're such a giving dude that's one of his you know one thing i can say about keith you know, we've developed a friendship now through our, our different mastermind groups, or excuse me, our business association that we both belong to. But uh, the guy's a giver, man. And right. he knows his shit. And he knows his shit specifically when it comes to financial planning and, and accounting, t- uh, strategic accounting, etc, cetera, etc. Cetera. So this is going to be a really fun episode for me, selfishly, because I'm kind of in that space. But guys, right now, this is probably the best guess that I could possibly have on for you in terms of like giving, because I have to admit I myself am a little concerned given the, the bleak outlook today. I mean, I was probably putting it mildly Keith, but you made a post the other day that I wanted to bring up and you, you your post was referencing the possibility of them dropping rates next year. And what will that do? And, and will people be so quick to forget, et cetera, et cetera. Before we get all into that, Tell us first, you know, dude, you're a big tattooed mammoth, uh, a man after my own heart and and as far as just kind of like people probably wouldn't piece together what they see when they see this or hear this uh super professional gentleman on the other end of the phone and I get the same thing, but how'd you get here? How'd you get into this world? You know, talk about your story and I know a little bit about it, but I'd love for you to tell everybody else.
1: Yeah, so my background is uh hated school, went into the military, and uh, you know, it was 2000 2005-ish, uh, as you could probably guess where I spent most of my time during that that special season after the, the terror attacks. So I was deployed a ton. I got out in 04, came home. and uh, you know, with all anticipation of like running my dad's plumbing company. And um, you know he had been he'd been an entrepreneur my entire life you know, he, he raised me, mom wasn't around. So I got to watch that journey of like open business, build business, fail business, start over, right. The entrepreneur shuffle. And, um, that kind of gave me what I consider like my, my gift of entrepreneurship, just being around it. And the other piece of the puzzle is, um, you know, I just am determined, right. So, so growing up with that vision, that roadmap, a failure, rinse, and repeat to watch him finally build a business that was ultra successful. I thought I was going to come take that over and allow him to retire. We are not meant to work together, right? So American Chopper, Paul Sr. Paul Jr. going after it. <laughs> you know, two two grizzly bears in the same room. Shit didn't uh-huh. work out. So I went and and I was having withdrawals too from from excitement and you know dopamine rush of the military. So then I uh, I went into law enforcement and spent oh uh, five to 2011, 2012 doing that. In that season, my wife got pregnant. We had a kid. I was like, shit, dude, thirty eight thousand dollars a year doesn't quite cut the cheese when you have a baby involved, right? And and my vision was like, as soon as we have kids, my wife wasn't going to work, right? that this has been kind of always my vision. Let her have that season of life to grow the babies and, and do that. So <clears throat> I had to figure it out. I started a bounce house company in 2009. We grew that uh, from one bounce house out of my garage and a Nissan Armada to over 500 inflatables with several trucks on the road. Sold it in 2011. Got my ass kicked in taxes. Learned a lesson uh which kind of led me to financial planning honestly i quit working law enforcement after that because we had money and i was tired of doing that shit. (laughs) and i self-studied and and kind of you know tinkered around with some other companies and helped a buddy scale a business and sold it and then i i got recruited to uh northwestern mutual where i kind of got my teeth cut as a quote-unquote financial advisor Uh, quickly realized that that shit was for the birds and I hated selling life insurance.
0: (laughs) I was going to say, when you said Northwestern, man, I've had so many buddies, even ones, even guys that have recruited here to sell roofs and they say that. And then they're like, yeah, it's really just, they bring you and then you're cold calling for uh, insurance. I was like, oh,
1: okay. But you know, here's the thing, dude. It was like, it was like a new door to door sales guy, right? Just getting his ass kicked on a day-to-day basis, but finding some success. So I was cold calling my ass off, begging people for referrals, but I found success doing it. So I knew that I had a knack to build rapport and and kind of do things the right way. And, and so I put together what I like to do, right? And, and that is work with business owners and, and help business owners grow and scale and not just have to rely on the traditional financial planning of of this world. Uh, And that, you know, that's where Tideland Consulting came into play. And now we work with blue collar companies all over the country and it's fucking, it's epic. And I, uh, uh, and I'm not selling life insurance as,
0: as the entry point. So (laughs) it's even better. Yeah. And you love, I I love the blue collar advisor moniker. And I mean, is that, did that just kind of happen organically? Like you working with a lot of blue collar businesses or were you purposely like looking for blue collar folks?
1: You know, I don't know if it, it it happened on purpose, but you know, I I I as all other business owners, I did some uh, self talk and and kind of like, hey, if if I design my perfect day, who are the people that I'm working for on a day to day basis? Who am I wanting to talk to? And I just found myself coming back to your roofers, your plumbers, your guys who are out there fucking getting the job done and building epic businesses and and you know and those are the people that i could just sit across the table from i could be authentic and yeah. you know, we got together you know it just works and so when i realized what my perfect day uh was all about then i just cut all of the rest of it out and, and that's who i kind of landed with and and who i run with
0: probably no coincidence why we got along so well out right off the bat so i uh and i was really impressed with keith's you know he's the way he thinks and, and i think you i would imagine that probably helps in your line of work having that sort of i don't know what, what i would call it brain but you know it's certainly different than mine right mine's more abstract right whereas uh you know you seem to have the plan kind of kind of all there and it was right in line even with what our trust in the state's attorney which you know that's the highest my wife's an attorney and she's like, Kenny, those attorneys are like the attorney's attorney as far as education. And, and you know what I mean? Uh, and you had the same outline, man. You know what I mean? You had the same outline. Like, yeah, this is what we want to do. And it was presented to us the exact same way with them. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Keith knows his shit, man. So having said that and getting back to sort of your, your post, what do you think about what is going on right now, man? I mean, yeah, I mean,
1: look, look, dude, There's been ebbs and flows, just like you and I see in business. Uh, There's ebbs and flows in the economy. And there are signs and specific things to pay attention to. And there's really two seasons. There's loose money and tight money seasons. Right now, we're in a tight money season, meaning interest rates are high, inflation's high, loans are are not easy to get, banks are offering us 5% for savings accounts because they want all of the money. And and we love it because shit, man, we're getting five percent in a dicey economy. So why not put all of our capital there? And you know, they're they're preparing and they're preparing for interest rates to drop, they're preparing for the loose money season to come back, and it's the same thing that happened in 08 and 09, right? Interest rates go up, inflation, uh, real estate bubble. It it, it wasn't quite the same, but it's the same result. As soon as interest rates went back down and things started to simmer down, people went out and bought a ton of real estate. Banks were buying up neighborhoods of foreclosures. And uh, we, we quickly forgot as Americans how, quote unquote, tough that recession was. And the same thing will happen now. You know, the government will loosen the supply of money. Interest rates will drop. And my post was reflective of, Uh, Them saying that they're going to reduce interest rates by 275 basis points, which is about 2.75%. And as soon as that happens, man, people are going to start spending money like they forgot about what's been going on for the past two years. (laughs) And shit will be back to normal. So the reality is this. It's not about where the economy is heading. It's what we can do as business owners and individuals to prepare for it. Mm. And if you have, you know, that's why, like. The very first things that we talk about with our clients, like, hey, man, what is your reserve? How much cash do you have accessible to you right now, regardless of if it belongs to you or someone else? But how much cash can you go out and grab right now? And we want to talk about liquidity because the the reality is this. As business owners, we're not only responsible to ourselves, but now we have employees and families that we're fucking responsible for. So just having your two months of of an emergency fund just ain't going to cut it. If Hmm. shit happens and goes sideways and your state gets shut down again, you may not be uh, the emergency personnel able to go out and produce capital. Hmm. So you have to be able to go out and and grab money. So here's the thing. Right now, and what we've always been talking about for probably the past two years is like, go get as much liquidity as you can possibly get. Lines of credit, HELOCs on your house, loans against investment accounts, like, hard money relationships. Because at that point, it doesn't quite matter what the economy is doing. You just got to be a little bit more diligent on where you're spending cash.
0: So funny you say that. I literally just, you just, since the last talk we had on the Blue Collar Ballers Facebook group, uh, we scheduled a meeting with the local bank here. Our big bank is not giving us points on money, et cetera, et cetera, or on accounts because it's a very big bank. And I don't I guess they're not there yet, but one of our local banks uh, <laughs> is what's that?
1: The big banks don't have to. Yeah, you know? exactly.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, so to. they're not. And okay. and to your point, so we went and saw one of our local banks and uh they will exactly what you said. Five percent, four point nine, but whatever, right? Five percent. Um Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So we didn't just like pull it all out. And because there are some other variables to consider, you know, we work with third party checks a lot with insurance companies and we carry a specific endorsement where we're at, et cetera, et cetera. But we will start an account there and we will make sure everything's cool. And if it is, there's all this incentive to go there. But really, right behind that is um, what you mentioned, which is a business line of credit, which we never entertained before because we we're like, we don't owe anybody anything. Why would we want to do that? Well, you said something on that call that stuck with me, and it was, I'll pay twelve percent to save my company any day, you know what I mean, and that right. that stuck with me like, damn, you know, I, I would do the same. you know, if I had to, I never anticipated or I mean, I think you know you know we we do a pretty decent job at, at trying to keep some capital there and but still, man, uh, like you said, well, the what if factor is just so high right now, at least that's what it feels like.
1: Yeah. And, and, and the reality is this, dude, if you got to burn 12 percent money to save not only your business, but your family and your employees and their families, like 25 percent interest money would get spent, in my opinion, doing that. So, yeah. you know, that being a very small percentage of what truly happens, what what really we're after is like the ability to then fire that money off when the right circumstance goes th- up and And what I mean by that is like, dude, if if these interest rates drop to two point seven five percent, there's gonna be shit for sale. People are gonna be buying real estate and uh, there's gonna be all kinds of shit going on.
0: that and, and is an if, excellent uh, segue, by the way. yeah,, uh, not to cut you off, but that's a that's a selfishly like because honestly, I'm just being real. I didn't know what the hell that meant. <laughs> When you put that post and I'm like talking to Ryan about it or whatever, or somebody I said, okay, well, what does that really equate to? You know? And like you said, like two and a half percent or so. And I'm like, is that, is that enough to like really make a dent? You know what I mean? But Ryan said the same thing. He's like, well, yeah, it's enough for the, for the, for the masses to like go back to normal to your point. Um, There we go. Bollocks it for a second there, Keith. But yeah, he's, he said it's enough for the masses to kind of go back to normal. But I guess my point is A is two and a half percent. How is that seemingly trivial amount enough to like get people back going? And if it does, what should we be preparing for to take advantage of it? We as blue collar or or whatever, if you're listening to this show, what can you do to get ready to, yep. to take advantage of that?
1: I think it's just finding liquidity where you can find. It, right. And you start by your PL and figuring out where you're, you know, you're bleeding money. Like PL the other day, and there's $700 a month of Apple subscriptions and Netflix and all the bullshit. And he's like, dude, like cut that shit right out. But I for- had forgotten that I was paying for it. It's the old planet fitness model. It's a $10 charge here and there. We don't even look at the shit. And then no one cancels their membership. They've got way more people that have never been to a gym. That are members. It's genius marketing. But the reality is, like, that's where we start. Let's we'll start at the PL, kind of dig through there, figure out where your shit's going, make sure you're not overpaying for old cell phone lines and things like that that we just overlook. And, and then the, the reality is that that's where your liquidity starts. The other piece is, like, really simple. If you own a house and there's equity in it, go get a HELOC, you know, get, get phantom equity on the table that you can use. In uh, an opportunity to to go out and buy some things, the other, there's there's plenty of other opportunities. You know, you can do lines of credits, you can do uh, loans from banks, like you said, credit cards with zero percent interest. You know, getting hard money relationships like Ryan, right? Having access to people that you can call and say, "Hey, I need X amount of money quick," and and they they're good for it, uh, and not really caring about the percentage of cost. Right. Cause again, if, if, uh, 12% money is what it takes to save your company, that's, that's well yeah. worth it in the things.
0: No, so, I couldn't agree more, man.
1: Yeah. And that's, you know, that's where we're at with those types of things, man. And just making sure that, uh, that when, when the right opportunity presents itself, uh, you have an at bat. And to have an at bat, you need cash.
0: You know, you just mentioned a HELOC and we have, and you do other things too. You do tax advisement and stuff like that, correct? Or am I yeah. saying that wrong? Uh, tax
1: strategy planning. You know, I'm not, I don't. I don't prepare tax returns and uh, fill out a million boxes on a piece of paper. Uh, but we we do work with our clients to make sure that they're taking advantage of all the uh, appropriate strategies that
0: are out there and accessible. You work right, like sort of in line with the CPAs, I guess I would say right? Like if, if, you're yeah, I run, with, point
1: guard. I run the point guard forum for the yeah. CPA
0: for yeah. sure. Yep. Yeah. Like we just, uh, you know, we had talked in the future, you know, we just brought in CPA firm we were using and we were kind of like, you know, looking for a more all in one, uh, system. Um, and we thought like, just, we just flat out misunderstood what all you had. And we're like, Oh, Keith has all that. We're just going to go do that. And then it's like, well, works with and now we actually just brought in that same CPA firm that's gonna kind of like do the accounting stuff with us. So we were going to be reaching out to you actually uh next to see if hey man that's actually what he suggested was like, hey, we need an actual like financial advice that do that's so funny because we were already talking to my buddy that was going to do all of this. Now you're doing this internally and you're suggesting the adverse, which is he was like, hey, we work with so we'll uh that's a really winning combination. You having a good CPA and then someone to tell you what to do with your money, right? Like as business owners and sales folks, you know, if you're listening to this, this podcast, you're probably one or the other. We're really good at making the money. and I can speak for myself here, but I also have seen a number of sales reps and given the different NLP pieces and, and psychological well, components and attributes and disc tests and Myers-Briggs, I can tell you that it's probably more often than not that we're all more alike than we are Not and uh, we're typically very good at making money, and usually it would behoove us to have somebody like a Keith or somebody who we can lean on and say, Hey, what's the smart play here? Right? Uh, so I would suggest now being that season, as he said, to uh, to start looking at where we can get smarter, man. And he just mentioned some great avenues, but I mean, for blue collar businesses, we talked about private equity, Keith. you mentioned hvac and stuff and and you know is that isn't that something that you kind of help like facilitate too, like the path to that do you work with any specific private equity companies or
1: i have a few partnerships but i mostly work with our clients who are selling right so making sure that uh we're we're getting them in the best position for the exit to to turn the 20 million dollar company into 20 million you know what i mean like the reality is there's there's very specific things that need to happen financially along the way for a business to be attractive to a PE firm. And like we're we're walking a path with a couple of roofing companies right now who are exiting for ridiculous six to ten to ones, even almost at like a 12 multiple.
0: Are you walking that path with anybody that we both know? A few. Yes. That's what I uh anyhow, we'll talk later. But yeah. So, you know, the reality is like.
1: Understanding the vision of the client to understand where what what direction their compass needs to be pointing, right? Because there's there's ultimately a few different ways of business. That there's lifestyle companies where we don't really want to show a profit, we don't really care to grow, we just want it to pay for everything that we want to do. Those aren't bad companies. There's just nothing to really do there other than make money, spend money. You've got companies that are generational. Hey, I want to give this to my kids. That needs to be, you know, a certain way so that your children don't inherit, uh, you know, just a tremendous tax issue, right? So there's certain things and and implications and and things we need to look out for there. And there's companies like you, hey, man, I want to scale this bitch to the moon and sell it and then buy back in and then sell again in five years. And, And there's a very particular way of planning for that to attract the right individuals. So, it's really knowing what the canvas is, right? what What's the end painting need to look like? And then reverse engineering to to make the progress steps and and build out the blueprint. But everything from how you're structured in the business and and opening new companies to exiting is where we we consult and and are part of the team.
0: And we'll talk, obviously, uh, we're at that point now where we're locking in those key leadership components and trying to get into these couple new areas which is like, you know, the next step to the scaling process and ultimately getting to where we need to get to. But it's just so prevalent now in these blue collar spaces, man, if you if you're not at least if you haven't considered it before. And I can speak on this because I've been in the industry 16 years. And there was a time where like people would say, Oh, I'm going to sell it one day. And that meant nothing because nobody there was nobody buying it. (laughs) Now, everybody is right. And so you know even for myself, uh, and we'll again we'll jump on after this, but you know, it behooves me to get a hold of some of these guys now and say, like, hey, like, how can I prepare with Keith to get to the place to where when we're ready in the very near future, we don't have to scramble or clean things up or anything like that because we've already had things planned, right? Like we've got the LLCs under a holding company, under a management company, on et, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But uh yeah, running a business, it gets uh it's a game of chess.
1: You got to put the right people in the right spots and have the right relationships and and be able to to call the right individuals in. And and here's the deal. It's it's the same thing on scaling the company man. and and, and kind of like us being a part of these business associations. We pay to get into those rooms to shorten the pain, right? And I I think I even said this in the last one. Everyone eats a shit sandwich in business. Hmm. You know, you can eat it in little nibbles and, and eat it over a 10 year period or you can take the route you and I take, which is like, I'm willing to invest in myself, which means paying to get in certain rooms, to be at certain tables, to learn certain things, to eat that same shit sandwich in two or three bites. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, I, I'm not trying to, to have that as a delight every day. <laughs> I want to get it out of here. So we all go through that growth pains. We all go through the failure of missing out and and, oh, my God, this doesn't work. Burn it to the ground and start something new. The reality is, you know, we just got to get the right people to come into our ecosystems at the right time to help us through those motions.
0: Ibrahim was on yesterday and was just on this on that call, and he just absolutely killed it. He's such a good culture guy, man. Um, And I've been going through that, man. You know, I can, and I can tell you, man, the people commodity or the people people are just they're they're everything. You know what I mean? They're they're, they're everything. <laughs> and I had. I had a very high retention rate and and Ibrahim was talking about his retention rate, you know, which is unheard of in real estate, but he's got this 97 plus percent retention rate. And at one point we had one that was right around that, if not higher, but you know, some of these guys were guys that probably should have been let go two years ago. You know what I mean? So like, in that same vein, it's like, well, for me, and I know he's not dealing with that, but for me, I had to take a real long look at, okay, where are we going? what did we have? What gets you here? Won't get you there, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, But ultimately too, like I'm learning a very valuable lesson as, as it pertains to leadership, man. Like, you know, look at some of these bigger companies that I have and like the guys that they have that are in those rooms for leadership. And they're just, they're just that. I don't know what else to say. They're, they're leaders. They exude it. They look it, they walk it, they talk it. And finding that man is just its own art. And I'm kind of in that right now, uh, learning that as we're going, like, man, I need at least two or three of these. You know what I mean? And it's hard enough to find one.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough, man. It, but to your point, so it, it takes that person to go to that next level. And once you uncover who that individual is and, and get them in the right spot, it's a curtain call. It's game
0: over. We've got a couple really, really good guys. Um, you know this guy Rick, this guy Josh, a couple guys that just came in that that I've been really really impressed with. But uh, you know a few more man, and like you said, dude, it it, it clicks right. And now it's like okay, we're set here here here. Let's freaking go now. We push culture. for sales guys, and we don't just have fifty sales guys under one me or something like that. That doesn't do us any good. Right. That isn't sustainable. It isn't scalable.
1: Yep, culture cultures where it's at, man. Once you get you know a pod of the right people. And, you know, they're they're absolutely, you know, they wake up fucking ready to rumble and go to work because they're excited to be around their their buddies and do good things. They start drawing attention in and they recruit people. And, and then, you know, it takes the recruiting off of your shoulders and, and people start recruiting for you.
0: Yeah, that's what that's what Ibrahim said yesterday. I want to actually share this with you all because it's a great point. He said he recruits his people over and over every day. So they recruit for him. And I think that's just so smart, man. You know, like, and then there's the gap. And I think that was such a nice a nice little tidbit he mentioned, which is the gap between you and your leadership group. The wider that gap, basically like, you know, you're here, you're the visionary, you've got all the ideas, you're, you're you know how you want this to look. But the gap between you and that next person is how wide it is and how far you two are apart is how slow your company will grow. But yeah. when you shrink that gap down to next to nothing, you're unstoppable. And so, I just think it's just so important, man. Um, And so for us during this time, like Keith said, we've been focused on getting liquid. Dude, I'm selling the vet. I'm selling the vet. Um,
1: I'm selling the Ferrari. I'm right there um, with you. <laughs> and
0: and everybody, you know, and I and I was gonna make a cool story about it and everything and like, cause I don't have to, you know what I mean? But like. A lot of it was post your meeting and then post uh, TW's comments. And I'm like, man, you know what? To his point, where can I go get liquid, right? Like uh, that right there is not a necessity. It's winter. I can't even really drive in the winter because it's such a sports car. It's it's so souped up. It's like, just doesn't like the winter. Uh, (laughs) So I'm like, every winter for the last two winters, I've thought about it. like ah, But, you know, I put so much time and work into it, but. Yeah. But think of it this way. Right. So
1: so you sell the car and sell for a hundred thousand bucks. Right. Whatever. Whatever it is.
0: Yeah. That's what I'm looking for.
1: Yeah. And and you and it sits in the bank account for the next couple of months and we get through the storm. And now you go buy two pieces of real estate with that hundred grand that are producing fifteen hundred bucks a month of profit to your pocket. Well, then you go buy whatever car you want, and now you have assets that are paying for that car, so it's not really an issue. You're not losing money, hmm. right? So, so the reality is like, yes, let's get liquid. Let's give up some luxuries right now. Like to your point, I don't have to sell my car, but uh, you know, I look at it and I'm like, I'm not even driving it. It's getting winter. I could use the cash that I have parked into it, and let's get liquid and and tighten the balance sheet up. Hmm. To me, that that's being a respectful and, and business owner.
0: Yeah, I agree.
1: You got to respect what you've built and you got to be able to do the hard shit and the hard times and, and be selfless and kind of put the shit on the back burner. It's not like we can't go out
0: and buy another one. Right. Exactly. And that's what I, it's funny you said that because I, you got me thinking, but, but originally the, the plans for the liquid there was, my fractional CFO Kevin, who you mentioned, you know, I'm I'm like, man, here's what we're doing over winter. Well, what I'm proposing is getting these leadership pieces in place. Well, our leadership pieces, outside of a few, are actual employees, which thereby right. increases overhead. And he is not a fan of increasing overhead in the winter when it's already slower when it's a volatile market, and that's kind of his job, right? However. I know that we only have the winter to do the things we need to do in order to get to spring to hire and do all these things has to start now. And I can't hire a whole bunch of sales reps without the leadership pieces to run said sales reps in this state, in this state. So my dilemma was, okay, how do I keep him from thinking I'm just an idiot or we're just going to be at odds with the visionary and the the money guy. So I said, you know what, dude, I'm going to sell the vet. I'm going to take that money. I'm going to park it in an account. That money will pay for two months, three months salary for a couple guys. Uh, and if we, if I'm wrong, company doesn't take a hit, but if I'm right, and those are the guys, it, it will take us into the next level that we needed to be at anyhow. And frankly, the additional income that it'll make, uh, you know, I'm not going to feel too bad when I go out and get what I want yeah. next year. Right. So Right. You go
1: buy and then you go buy a brand new Ferrari or whatever. Right. Right. Because you make, you know, you put a hundred grand of, of pain, call it, in the box because you didn't want to get rid of your car, but you did. And that, that hundred grand hires three more people that get to feed their family that then produce another half a million dollars of revenue to your bottom line. The shit works. Yeah. The shit works.
0: Yeah. And I mean, they're and they're and they're leadership candidates, which, again, it opens up an entire... That opens up two new markets for us. And then thereby hiring, who knows? I mean, that could be three to seven million that in a year, right? Three to five, realistically. But either way, I mean, to your point, it's betting on yourself. And it's the things that I thought it was a cool story, man. I thought it was a sellable, cool little, like, let's make some reels. And and Roger, and the guy who isn't here right now, was like, whoa, I don't know, man. I I don't think we should put this out. I'm like, what? Why? He's like, Man, you know, people are going to think I, what he was insinuating was like they would take that as like I'm going broke or something. I'm like, what? Really? Like, what I don't I don't think right way so, way. man.
1: You got to tell the right way. And 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 I I would put it out.
0: I agree. I think it's a great story. Like, hey, look, here's why I'm doing this. I think it is a very good story of like responsible business ownership. It's not a necessity. You've seen our, you know, our our reserves. I mean, I don't have to do that, but. It's a what I just said to
1: make is, make yes. sure the business pulls through.
0: Yes, it's and that's,
1: uh, that's the story, and and that's commendable, because the reality is there's a lot of dudes like us that do it across the country and and keep it on the low because they're afraid of people. Oh, to that, to your point. Oh, he yes. must be going up. He was just a flash in the pan. Well, no, I've got receipts. Yeah, I can make it, and we can pull the receipts out. But the reality is, like, why not tighten the balance sheet up? I'm doing it not to really save the company because I, I, I'm doing it because I know what's on the other side of this is huge buying opportunity. Yes. And so yes. I'm gonna go and 10X my money, right? Man, and the really reality of that is we're, we're, you know, then we can hire and do more cool shit in the business and grow it too. So.
0: And not to mention the other opportunities, like, you know, I could take it, invest in real estate, which I really want to do, man. I had another, I had Brandon on for a few minutes. I want to learn real estate so bad. But, and that's more of what we can, uh, I'm sure you could help with. Speaking of which, if there's a business owner here listening, Keith is not exclusive to Florida. He's helping me here in Maryland. How do they get a hold of you for your Self- services?
1: Or, yeah, p- personal cell phone, 904 401
0: We'll put that in the uh, show notes as well. And he's also on Facebook, Insta, all that stuff. Where you at on there?
1: Uh, uh, Blue Collar Advisor on Instagram. And then Facebook, just my personal name.
0: Keith Gauss, G-A-U-S-E, but blue collar advisor on the uh, on the Insta. But I'm telling you, man, I mean, this is the stuff that I personally believe because look, if you're in sales, we've all done it. We've all done it. We've all had that hot year and, and you learned the lesson. And what I'm talking about is you didn't do the things that everybody told you to do, which is save your money in the winter or prepare for winter or save your tax money trust me we've all done it i've done it i've seen a million new reps do it but guys like keith can help you at least try and prevent from doing that but also be smart and i think there's a lot to be said with keith and you and one of the reasons too we know with your car you know i was really thinking like man you know what and it's not just the car man there's other capital resources like watches right i bought a few watches um and ryan was like dude that's a great way to to if you ever need to just offload them. Now I bought a few that I shouldn't have
1: because they weren't,
0: they they weren't great. Uh, Like this one here, it's a Rolex and they, they retain value very, very well. Right. However, the other couples that I got apparently don't. And that's, they didn't cost any less. That's for sure. But uh, whatever.
1: There, there, there's some growing pains with uh, learning how to handle money too, but <laughs> yeah.
0: So uh, cause I'm like, yeah, I'll just offload some of those and get real. Cause honestly, man, post, We're referring to uh, T.W.'s uh, who's over in Gaza and we're praying for him to him and his team to get back safely. But uh, he's on the front lines of what's going on right now, regardless of your political opinions. Nobody wants anybody to suffer or, you know, man, don't get me started on that. But he made some very cryptic like, hey, here's a real dose of reality and what could happen and what could happen. And it could happen. and And if it does, you need to be prepared. So be liquid, be smart have options. Uh, And that really got me thinking like, okay, what have I done that I could go and get, like, I thought about you. What can you access? What is real liquidity? And you said stuff that you can access within what? 24 hours. 24 hours. Right. So to that point, you know, the vet, wasn't a 24 hour deal really, but you know, uh, and then the watches, et cetera. So you know, I'm not selling everything. It's no wholesale again. I did not have to do any of that, but what I don't want is for me to dip into the business's pot. If that happened, I want it to be excess money that was already there for that purpose before it ever gets touched from anything from the business that otherwise would have been sitting there. So if I have the ability to add that layer of protection, I'm absolutely going to, because you're right. We're responsible to other people, man.
1: And they'll make new ones.
0: And I think it sets an example. Like you said, all guys ever want to show is like, I don't know. It's, no one shows that. No one shows that. So I wanted to show that, and I, I'm going to do it now. They
1: show the day they buy it. You yeah. know,
0: oh, look at me. I got some new shit. Yeah. But again, like we don't have
1: to. But there's a million of us across the country that are doing the same shit, selling boats and selling and just tightening up. And no one's talking about that as as being a business owner and and going through that part. But then there's people out there that are that are also doing the same shit because they have to. And that's commendable as well. You're right. right. Part of like, dude, if this bitch is going to go down, I'm going to be the last one on board and everyone else is going to get off. Uh, We got to figure out how to make that happen.
0: And that is commendable. You're absolutely right. And so I'm not dismissing like those of you who are doing that because you have to do that. Hey, God bless you, man. Like uh, I respect the hell out of that. You know, we're we're in preventative Nothing means more to me than protecting the people here. You know, from a guy that came from a background, that guy came from where I didn't trust myself or bet on myself to do anything. And not to mention, you know, I worked at a lot of companies where the sales guy went out and decided, you know, I can be a business owner. And shocker, he was terrible with money and uh, he ruined a lot of people's financial situations along with his own. So for me, it was imperative that I don't be that. And that's why I was so quick to get a fractional CFO and get with guys like you and jump on an opportunity to invest in myself and learn the right moves and uh, and make them. And so, you know, it doesn't make you a loser. It makes you a very smart businessman if you want to start learning what you can and can't do and how you can get a little bit more savvy. Keith is a guy to talk to. I mean,
1: All bottom line, educate yourself. Yeah, that's it. I don't, you know, and, and I'm here to educate everybody. I don't care if they use me or not use me
0: reality and that's is, what i fucking love about you and i don't mean to be i swear to god this guy so far i believe i believe i've paid zero and he has worked with us over and over and over now we're going to but you have to understand how that gets to that the dude's a fucking giver but there's a there's something to be said there or talks about this give and give and give and give and eventually you know the first name that popped up when we got to the point where like hey we we have to get it was keith right and I'm sure that would have already maybe, you know, cause we're buddies or whatever, but the fact that he's given so much thus far, one, it lends to his credit. If you know that you can give because you have something to give of real value that only helps come back or, or what's the word I'm saying here? Like that only creates when someone's ready for what you offer, okay. they know this guy's got his shit together. I need his services, right? Cause he's already worked with me on this and this let's get him on board. And so here we are ready and, uh, and we're coming to you big boy. We need but, to get you ready for that yeah, for the, you know, for the, exit the stuff too, but we'll talk all about that. Yeah. We, we just pulled on the CPA firm last week. And so we need to uh, add you in and we've got the team, dude. We've got the financial guy, the CPA team and, and Kev, the team to do it. Now we just need to hire. Now we just need to do 50 million and. Uh... Let's get that EBITDA to 25 mil and then fucking peace out. <laughs> yeah, 25 mil. All right. All right. All
1: right. We can
0: EBITDA at 25. EBITDA, we, got some, yeah. we got some, we got some, we're going to up those goals, Rick.
1: Let's get it. Let's get Uh, it. No, I mean, you know, here's the deal. Like once you get all the the players in the right seat, then it's just a numbers game to business scalability and growth. If you did 12 million and you have eight sales guys and you want to do 24 million, then you know you need eight more sales guys who can produce the same way your core eight produce. So once we get the right players to run the right routes, then it's all a matter of, okay, if I want to double, I double down on my personnel. If I want to triple, I triple down on it. Right. Because you got the culture you have, you have, you know, you've already proven that it works, right. You've got, you've got a method to the madness. Now this eight need to pour into the new eight and the new eight need to become the old eight. And once they become a unit of 16, bottom line doubles,
0: you know, it's, it's fucking preaching right now, son. It's that easy. It's
1: that fucking easy.
0: And I love to overcomplicate. Don't we all, though? Don't we all just love overcomplicating shit? I can overcomplicate eating a fucking sandwich. I swear to God.
1: Overcomplicate oh, everything.
0: Well, that's what we love to do, right? We're we're deep thinkers over here, right? <laughs> but I uh, swear to God, dude. My God, dude. I'm like, oh, there's got to be another answer. Like, dude, get 35. You know who said that? Andy. Andy Elliott. God love him, dude. Like, you know, Ryan is you know, my coach, and I was so weird about like doing anything with anybody else, because I felt like it was like cheating. I'm a loyal motherfucker, dude. even my barber, dude, I tell you what, I, I'm a very loyal dude, you know, and so like, uh, I got in with Andy's team, and because and Sean Pollard, he's an apex, right? And so, and look, I I really wanted to do something, right? And I wanted to learn like what they were doing. And lo and behold, there was an opportunity it was like, hey, if you add this element to it, you get to work directly with him. And I'm like, well, you know, I don't know, man, you know, I, I need to make sure. So look, they reached out to Ryan and we're like, Hey, is this cool? Your guy over here is being (laughs) kind of weird. Is it, is it cool? He was like, dude, I'm fine with that. So, uh, and I made sure, but just the same. So Andy's like uh, telling me, and he's very different than Ryan, right? He's, he's, uh, they're just, I can learn a lot from both, but they're different. Um, and that's exactly what I think you want, by the way, because if they're both spitting the same stuff when I have two, Coaching uh figures that are just telling me the same shit. Well, you know, Andy says, All right, well, here's the deal. You need, uh we're going to go, we, you need to have 35. He said, You need 100 reps by next year, 100 reps. And I was like, Holy shit, 100 reps. Okay. And then in, in a year. And it's, you know, he's going to have the core values, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But in reality, that would translate to about $100 million. Right. And so I, I finagled that to a more okay, and I'm not saying that that's not. I'm not saying I don't want to do that, but in a year's time, if we get across three markets, which we will, because we're opening Delaware, we're opening Mer- Virginia, which are we've done all the licensing requirements for those. Right, the next step is to get the team lead pieces in place, the regionals, the ops, and the admin to run that office, to then put the sales place, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah. 35 reps, however, is entirely plausible. Seven here, seven here, seven here. We have the model already across four or five companies that i've i've either directly built to uh oh. and, and others that i've been a part of building that we know the method of getting that like you know five to seven number that is i'm very very probably a lot of people are comfortable there man but you know what we know we can do it really quick right like year one or two we should be able to do it year one really that right. being said now you take a go say okay five to seven five to seven five well that's you got a 20 million dollar company 35 reps you got a 35 million dollar company so that level of a jump is feasible with the right pieces in place but i i don't see it without the right pieces in place without you know what i mean because think of that like magnitude of that we're currently set up to do about 10 12 totally easy peasy take the winner restock retool uh hire some more leadership pieces to be able to sustain 35 Right. and no, i just think that
1: right you got to you got to have a solid foundation if you're going to build upon the foundation yeah and, the, and that's what know, i was
0: getting
1: at no 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 one builds a house from the roof down yeah you know what I mean? so the reality is to your point like could you do 100 if your foundation was 100% solid and you were so compelled that that was there which means are the right advocates in your circle the right people in place your right team leads if all of those are yeses then go to 100 reps is not shit because you'd have confidence in your foundation, right? And so when when business owners start to say, well, that, yeah, is it doable? Yes, because we're alpha males and we're not going to say, hey, uh, you're (laughs) full of shit, 100, Uh, 35 is what I believe I can do. The reality is that's just saying that there's still more foundational work that we need to do to make sure that we can sustain 100.
0: And I couldn't agree more. So Uh, you
1: you circle back to the foundation piece there, and then you scale to 100, call it a day.
0: And that's, like you said, man, it's not any more complicated than that. But what is complicated is simply finding the right people. But it's it's a search, man. I mean, it's, are the guys, you know, I really want the guys that are here to be that right, those right people. But, you know, it, it doesn't always work out that way. Sometimes it does. Or sometimes it's like, hey, they're the right people for this or this, but are they the right people for this seat? Right. So finding that out, exhausting who I have currently here now versus, you know, who do we need to bring in on the outside? But um, it's just so important, man. I mean, there was a young man that was involved in a conversation we were having. He was like, man, if we hit our goals, you know, if we did in our goals are 35 by the end of next year. And again, that is best case scenario. That's what we're shooting for. But we got to first things first. We're in step one. a right. And he's like, if we did that tomorrow, we'd be in trouble. And I'm thinking about that. And I'm like, well, yeah, if we did that tomorrow, we would definitely be in trouble. You know what I mean? Like, but we're currently set up to do this, which everyone knows you are a hire that you also know is, you know, a piece of the leadership. You know what I mean? Like, what are you saying? It's, It's, but that go, that's neither here nor there. My point is you're, yeah, of course, right. If we just quintupled business overnight, I think any business that's set up to sustain one number and it quintuples business overnight is probably going to have some, <laughs> some, uh, some, in,
1: your way in that scenario. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But you know, uh, if we do the right pieces, put the right pieces in place, get the right foundation in place to sustain Sammy said it best. The wise Sammy, uh, he said, Kenny, do you have a business infrastructure right now to do 20 million? Let's just say, right? Like that was the goal. So do you have the people right now to sustain 20? And this was at the time when I was like, cause I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's what I want to do. He said, well, do you have the people now? I said, no, I mean the infrastructure, right? The admin pieces, the ops pieces, like, you know, uh, there's a certain level of growth where if you have a crazy storm or something, it's just coming. But like, without that, like, and I said, no. And and there was a point of his where I was like, well, do you want to wait until you get it and then try to put it together? Or do you want the team, at least the back end team that's able to support that and then go get it. And for me, I'd like to have a, that, those leadership pieces at least in place and then go get it, you know, for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, because you're the business owner, that makes you feel more confident. Right. I, I'm the same way. Like, if I know I'm going to go grow the bookkeeping business and I go, hey, I need 12 bookkeepers. Well, if I don't have the infrastructure built on for 12, then I'm probably not going to go there and, and do it because I don't feel confident on it. But so it's, it's all planning. It's all planning. And, you know, on that topic, like you sh- your asses should be doing 2024 planning right now or be done. Right. So you 2024
0: can planning right now or be done. it's what he said.
1: Yeah should have that locked in so that you know what pieces of the puzzle you need to put in first in January.
0: And and to his point, that's exactly why we're doing what we're doing currently because that's our goal next year, right? Okay. What, what needs to happen right now? And sometimes, sometimes that means trimming some fat, right? Like what we decided was, okay, we need a singular focus. We've got this division, this division, this division. And that, that was all designed to expedite our overall, uh you know volume goals and it didn't work out that way right and that's that's a lesson we learned so we trimmed the fat we said okay we're focusing on roofing and exteriors that's our baby right now then we have a whole room full of amazing sales folks but we need leaders right like those sales folks can they can that room be the room that runs the next wrap up like you said right The, the leaders that run the next batch And it just kind of came to be where it was like, okay, let's, we've got our core values. And one of our core values is tenacity. And without hitting a certain benchmark, the answer is no, because they're not reading our core values because they're not constantly and consistently. And will we have a company that just is nothing but sales dogs all the way down? That's very difficult, but can we have a core of that? I think we can, and we, we, I think we need to require that. And so we kind of trimmed some pieces that weren't bad. People weren't, they just weren't going to be that core. And we decided we're going to slim down. We're going to get down to that core. Cause I know unequivocally that with that core, we can then, we can get the the sales pieces, right? Like that's something I've been very blessed with being able to do, but the foundational pieces of the sales room, the leadership pieces are just so effing crucial, man. I don't know why I said effing so fucking crucial. This isn't I mean, we're, we're kids over here, dude. <laughs> I was wondering, dude. I was like, what's going on over there? Bro? What the freak, dude? Freak. But uh, yeah, yeah, I don't know.
1: You say that. You say that they're hard to find. You say that you know, and they are crucial. I agree with you there. They're not hard to find, though. Mental block for us is that we're not willing to pay.
0: <laughs> yes, there you go. Let me rephrase that. Hard we're to not- find the, on the on a budget.
1: Yeah, we're not willing to pay what the real cost of that seat is going to
0: Ooh, be. he's preaching now, right now, boys.
1: Now, if you swallow that pill and you pay, pay that person what they're worth, they will triple the cost, if not lot larger numbers than that. Um, at, it'll come back. It'll come back. So and I've seen this over the past 12, 15 years in, in doing this shit. Is like the moment we get over the fear of cost of that person, the shit takes off.
0: He is speaking absolute. I'm telling you, look, again, I don't care. I'm candid. I don't give a shit, right? Frankly, I I I I'm building a brand, but if nothing else, hopefully that brand is like look, if nothing else, I'm real, baby. You know what I mean? I'm real. But I'm also not afraid to tell you guys the fucking truth. And that is, yeah, dude, uh, part of what I was trying to do was find all these amazing people on this very tight budget. And he's fucking right, dude. You want a you wanna guy that's capable of coming in and just taking a whole division off your hands? I mean, that guy's going to cost you every bit of a, a six-figure. He might be a C-suite guy. He might be 200. That's what's going to happen, right? That's what it's going to cost. I mean, uh, but think of what that would open up. I think about it for me, like a guy that comes in, I'm going to pay him 200. I know it. I know it. And that's probably conservative, but I know at least 200 something, right? Maybe a quarter. But that guy takes everything off my plate on this one area and just runs with it and what we could do. And it's like, you know what? Hence the, hence the vet boys and girls. Uh, we 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 still were, you know, we got a couple of fish out there and some creative ideas and and cause we do that, man. Right. Like I've got a couple offers that I've thrown out there like that don't necessarily cost a whole lot of upfront money, but a lot more back end uh, tying into the exit, et cetera, et cetera. But ultimately, you're not wrong, man. You're you're absolutely right. Uh so yeah. That's that the hint of the vet, right? Like I know, I know I am. I'm gonna have to pay uh it's time. And that's, that's really the main was like, you know what? I'm willing to bet on this because you're right. you get the right guy. That's going to cost the right amount. The right guy is going to cost the right amount. Otherwise you're looking for the perfect fucking situation, which is. A unicorn. Right. Exactly. Right. Right. (laughs) And you're looking to recreate that times 10 and it's just not, you know, you get, maybe you get lucky with one of those. Here's the last piece of that. The, the search
1: your unwillingness to give someone two hundred and twenty-five thousand is going to cost you a million and a half of the wrong employee in the seat, because you're going to hire four or five or six people to be in that position that fuck everything up and cost you a million and a half dollars when you should have hired the one guy five years prior who would have made you twelve and a half million dollars of profit over that that stretch of time, right, or whatever right. the number might. And and dude, I've seen it time and time again. It, but it's the big fear. It's here's the thing. We we look at this individual, we're like, fuck, it's gonna cost us 250 grand to hire Keith. Yeah. No, it's really gonna cost you three months of that salary because in three months, if the guy's not the guy, he's out. Yeah. Right. So the big thing is like, oh, I need to hire this position. It's gonna cost me the whole year. Well, no, it's not. Right. Right. It's not. If, if he's a shit bag, like get rid of him
0: there's a recruiter I just talked to today that specializes and it's just so funny that I've been dealing with this. And then my, one of my mentors here locally, Adam Champagne and, and, and a couple of the other big, big companies, right? These guys are big. Uh, um, they had worked with them. And so they had picked up, I don't know how they got my name, but I was flattered. But, uh, when I heard who they had worked with, I was like, "Ah, how much, you know what I mean? Like, uh, let's hear, let's hear that. Cause I mean, I said, yeah, I know who the guy is. He's my mentor, but I'm not him, you know, not yet. I will be, but, uh, and it wasn't anything crazy. I mean, it, you know, 20, 20, which is that's 20 that retain their services and get you to find, but a 20 K finds the guy and then the guy does cost
1: sure.
0: 250. Right. But to your point, they don't charge until the 20, they don't charge until you got the guy in. And then there's like a 90 day, which which you just said, right? And then if it doesn't work out, they find you someone else. And and man, that's not, that could change the trajectory of your business forever. And I can promise you this, if you don't do it, it won't, you know? I mean, you're looking for unicorns and I've been spinning my wheels doing that, trying to grow the unicorn. Trust me, I've done it all, you know? Uh,
1: Think Shark Tank. These guys go up and they spit out their designs and their business and they're looking for capital investors. And what does it cost them to get the right person in the seat? Yeah, yeah. Twenty percent, thirty percent, fifty percent of the business.
0: Yeah,
1: you're talking about a two hundred grand to get a COO in there that you can then dish off eighty percent of your responsibility to, and go spend that eighty percent of your time making new networking friends and building new relationships and bringing more business in because that's what you do as a business owner. You're the chief sales guy.
0: And your your job as a visionary and where we're at currently, if you're doing it the correct, it's high-level relationships. It's selling elsewhere in terms of maybe not directly out there, residential, door-to-door, sit like that, but you're selling to distributors and you're getting the best possible price point, the best returns that you can with your distributors, your marketers, making high-level relationships, making high-level referral partners, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, right? Like, it's just... You just don't have the time if if you're still working in the business instead of on the business. I said this to a client the other day
1: and um, did it just kind of hit. The hustler has to die for the CEO to emerge. Mm. Right. So the hustler dies to bring out the life of the CEO. But that doesn't mean that you quit working and hustling. Mm -hmm. It's a different level of hustle. To your point, instead of working in the business, being the hustler, now you're the CEO, the visionary. Now, now you go hustle the vision. So mm-hmm. the, the hustler's got to die for the CEO to emerge. And it's that's a fact, dude. And that's the biggest pivotal moment in most businesses. Guys fail to get the fuck out of the way.
0: Of their own way. And I, I can, don't... again, attest to that. Hustlers got to die for the CEO to emerge. Boy fucking fire on the call today ladies and gents red room or not dude we got it Bread we got the room. fire in here keith uh dude that was i mean what did we even do when we start 230 a little bit know. after i don't even know we had a long i don't care dude lots of good good info here with my man keith uh brother i think that's a good i think that's a mic drop moment right there if there ever yeah. was one do you have anything else that you'd like to grace our ear holes with no yeah, man i there. just uh appreciate you bro appreciate your story and 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 what you're
1: doing and uh I'm glad to be a part of it
0: i appreciate you man i really do i know um, again too you know think about this what we just talked about right part of that for me was jumping out and getting uncomfortable and traveling and going to these business associations but the networking the connections you know guys like keith that can help us working towards a, an exit guys like kurt lennington guys like uh zach price dude that's getting ready to set the knee how uh all these guys that you've either done it are doing it and that are kind enough and because we're in the same business association and a lot of them come from similar backgrounds that are willing to help and now we have the blue collar ballers group right and 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 you've been an integral part in there and it's just like man networking networking, networking, mentorship, getting in the right rooms for the right seats, being willing to pay to get in the right rooms, the right seats. Like once you start investing on that and that level, and then you have somebody, see my issue, and I'm going to be very candid before we jump off. My issue has been trying to stay here and go there. And that's just not going to work, right? You can't stay here and go there, right? You either got to go out there and that's your name. That's now you're, that's, that's you now, the CEO, right? You got to hire the guy that can be here and run things while you take us there right um because only one person can take into new route new 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 markets facilitate new higher level management uh excuse me now higher level partnerships etc cetera, etc cetera. And, and that's usually the visionary and uh and for eos to work the way it's supposed to that's what's supposed to happen right so
1: yeah can't violate that but no man i appreciate it i uh let's, let's get this bitch going man
0: yeah dude i'm gonna i'll i'll We'll talk here in just a second. Thank you so much, my brother. I love you. And we will get you on the next one here very soon. We should have you on early part of 2024, maybe conveniently, if not before then, but maybe conveniently when they do the the raid thing and see see where we're at. Cool. I'm down. All right, brother. Thank you. Until next time. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode. We sure do appreciate it. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. And if you feel so inclined, please leave us a review. It is how new people find the show. Until next time, remember, there's always a seat at the table for business.